0: Hi, this is your host Lexi Banks with All Off and today is episode 8, Open-Minded Sexuality. So my whole life I've kind of been ridiculed, I don't know, just kind of as an odd person because I'm very open-minded when it comes to talking about these topics and I'm very interested in other people's points of view and a lot of people made me feel weird for that. But I feel like sexual open-mindedness makes for a better society. And in my job, I don't use the term sex worker because it's not an accurate characterization of what I do. But I consider myself an erotic performer. I'm a stripper and I love most parts that come with that. And one thing that has led me to be so successful in this job, in this industry, is my open-mindedness to other people. And attempting to learn about their weird fetishes, their weird stories, what they desire, and just get to the bottom of it and understand them. And it's so interesting to me. So the passion is real. To me, it's fascinating. And I just love it. And I wish that that was the major attitude in societies across the world because I feel like we would be a lot better off. If people could have open and honest conversations about their desires and not be immediately demonized just because, you know, they're not average or they deviate from the norm. And I've learned that there's a great healing and a satisfaction for somebody that comes with being understood, that comes with you being non-judgmental with them and being tolerant with them. You know, on the large spectrum of sexuality, about what they want, about what they desire, about maybe what's weird for them. When I was a kid, like freshly turned 14, there's a group about like five of us that used to sit back in class in one of our periods in high school, freshman year. And um, it was mostly girls. We would talk about our blossoming sexualities and experiences. So we were all kind of going through the same thing at the same time we all kind of had our first boyfriends, our first people, um, our first sexual experiences, and it was new to all of us. And I remember it was one of the most mature group discussions I've ever participated in about sex with a lot of people. And to me, that's so sad. And that's a major failure of society that as a kid, we were able to be more honest and more open because we didn't learn all of the negativity that comes with adults now all the shaming all the repression all this weird shit that people want to put on it so it's a mature discussion we were in the gifted class so it was naturally naturally like bright kids naturally you know open-minded kids who were curious and um, intuitive So we were talking about losing our virginities, what it felt like, what it meant to us. And the conversations were so pure and interesting. We all supported each other. We would talk about our first things and be like, what do you guys think about that? Did you go through the same thing? And that was our natural inclination as like bright kids, was to be open, was to be honest, to be like, well, what about this? Does this make sense for you? Well, what happened with you? And then the outside world, the adult world, taught us shame, it taught us humiliation, it taught us abuse, it taught us degradation. De- la- degradation, And we didn't know about any of those things. We hadn't, you know, we didn't understand sex through that lens that was taught to us. And we learned uh, from the outside world that sex was supposed to be degrading to us when we participated in it. And when I found that out, I remember being really confused And when people started calling me a slut and a whore i was just honestly very confused because it never made any sense to me i didn't feel like that was logical i didn't feel like it was accurate and i didn't feel like it was a good thing for people to be doing so i just remember kind of being ostracized for my openness about talking about it and understanding it and like being interested in other people's perspectives i was ostracized i was told that i was bad i was told that i'm embarrassing i was told all these negative things and i remember being like wow these people are so weird and they're so dumb and they don't understand that you know i didn't hurt anybody and there was times that i was hurt and they don't care about those times that these people hurt me but they care about me choosing to do something i was just honestly really really confused like it just went against all sort of common sense to me and so eventually our honest curious think tank splintered apart and we've never had well i should say i've never had such an open public group conversation about sexuality as innocent and innocently and freely as we did back then you know untainted by others expectations and to me that's really sad that's like horribly sad and now You know, being grown up and, you know, having worked in this industry, this erotic industry, I'm more corrupted than I was then mentally. And I don't mean that by more sexual, because to me, just being sexual is not inherently corrupt or bad or wrong. Um, But I'm more mentally polluted by the outside world's shit and by the outside world's shortcomings you know about staying ignorant about keeping things to yourself about you know not sharing the truth or the weirdness about who you are with the people close to you that was an idea that was put into me that's not something that i was born with but any time i get scared about having hard conversations with people or honest conversations with people who talk about you know maybe they're weird sexual inclinations i try to remember the spirit of that group of kids trying to figure out the world together in the back of class and i try to hold on to it because to me it was so pure i try to remember how open-minded we were talking about everything thinking for ourselves bouncing ideas off of people but most of all not being ashamed of wondering you know about this world and about this life and about sexuality that was new to us not being ashamed not being humiliated for who we were And it makes me feel open again, you know? I feel like it's better to understand people than just shut people down for no reason just because you're afraid. Maybe what they like or what they're doing is outside of your comfort zone so you're afraid so you immediately put them in a box. You know, I think that's wrong. I try to entertain new ideas and have a greater tolerance for people who are sexually deviant. And I don't mean people that like abuse other people because obviously that's different but you know people who are just maybe a little weird like that's okay we love weird people in my industry like we wouldn't exist i wouldn't be well paid if there wasn't a ton of weird people hiding themselves you know and i say weird in a good way like if there weren't a bunch of people who were shamed into repressing themselves then i wouldn't have done as well as i've done i feel like a big advantage to my success in the erotic industry is my bisexuality. So for anybody who's bisexual, you are probably pretty lucky. I think of it as an advantage because you know everybody's point of view. Um, I can see what's attractive about women and understand that. I can see what's attractive about men and understand that. And there's just so much opportunity. It's so beautiful. just to have a unique insight into both perspectives so i can interact with people on a lot of different levels i can interact with men as a bro you know i see what's hot about her like i agree with you and then i can also market myself or tailor myself based on what i know is attractive from my attraction to women so i can see a way That a woman puts herself together or carries herself or how she does her makeup or her hair. And I'll be like, wow, that's hot. And then I know it's attractive and I can change my, you know, performance for that day or change my look for that day and mirror that. So it comes very intuitively to me. And I feel like it's a huge advantage. Another thing about stripping is you have to be open minded and you have to have tolerance for a lot of weird shit if people come to you with a need or a desire or fetish try to understand even if that desire confuses you search for the underlying reason i've had conversations with thousands and thousands of people and there's so many reasons somebody might have a weird or different desire especially if they don't want to share that desire with other people you know they might have trauma i know that's common for a lot of men who had a traumatic experience as a child and then that trauma has kind of wired itself into what they like now and that's interesting you know another thing is like crossed wires in the brain for me that means people who have a foot fetish so if you have a foot fetish all that is is like the area of your brain that holds like sex and sexuality is close to the area of the brain that, I guess, identifies feet. And obviously, this is a rough, you know, <laughs> it's not my rough scientific interpretation of it. But basically, somewhere in there, the wire just gets crossed and you just love feet. And to me, that's not anything that's weird or horrible. Just because you had a wire wire crossed and you love feet. Like, good for you. Like, I love people who love feet. <laughs> like, It's such a great opportunity. And it's so interesting to me. And, you know, you don't really get it. But you don't have to get it. Like, I can just appreciate that you're into something different and it doesn't bother me. Um, people who need a high level of stimulation and they seek out all kinds of things. You know, all all this leads to strange fantasies. You know, the human brain is complex. The human organism is complex. I've seen so many fetishes, feet, armpits, <laughs> um, Submission, dominance, humiliation, feminization. Um, one of my favorite fetishes is a man who is old. Um, he's rich and he is successful. He has a high-powered job. He has a wife and children and the whole family. And privately, he loves to dress up as a woman. He loves to put on wigs and outfits and shoes And to me, I love this guy. I don't think that, like, to me, it's kind of funny. Like, I'm not, (laughs) when we're together, you know, I'm not making fun of him, like, when he comes into work to see me. But he shares that part of himself because we just have a laugh about it, and he loves it. And he loves that he gets to express himself and share himself with somebody when he feels like he can't with the people close to him so you know his wife doesn't know that and all we do is I'll just sit next to him and he'll pay me to watch these videos of him in his private moments dressed as a woman and that's just his sexual fetish and I'll comment on his wigs and be like oh that was a good wig I love the pink on you or oh you know I don't like that one I'll comment on his outfits. Like, wow, I love the cheetah. He definitely loves cheetah. And um, he actually makes me want to wear more cheetah now. (laughs) But just all these things. um, It's so interesting to me. And even talking with the girls at work or into, like, dominance and submission. The things that they do. The parties that they go to. It's just so fascinating, really. What people like. A lot of swingers come in. Some swinging couples are horrible. <laughs> like the woman will be like a predator. <laughs> it's hard to explain. So there's like some couples that are cool. And there's some couples that are weird. Um, I have one customer who he showed me videos of him hot wifing with other people's wives. Have you guys heard of this? It's like when the man gives his wife <laughs> to somebody else. And takes pleasure in watching that or in switching wives between two people or whatever. But so the guy that's my customer, he'll go into the hot wife's house. The husband has a camera set up. And while the husband is at work, he likes to watch. That's interesting. Do you think that's interesting? Um, You know, but like I said, some of the swingers that come in for the girls at the club are very weird like the woman will be kind of predatory but it's still kind of interesting like how open some people could be so when i go online all i hear are these red pill podcasts or whatever about people arguing like chastity versus um, promiscuity and uh, why men hate promiscuous women but you could be also be sexually open without being promiscuous like maybe you just you know like different things with a select person or select people but they're like arguing all this stuff and to me i kind of laugh because i know that men don't really care about chastity like <laughs> they say they care and they'll be like oh i'll never marry a woman who's not chaste." but in all my experience of talking with thousands and thousands of people men really don't care you know, they want what they want, they want the person that they want, they really don't give a shit, and then these men would probably come back and say, well, um, they just want to use you, but yeah, everything's, you know, everything's people using people, you know, if you get into a marriage with a person primarily because they're chaste, you're using them for their chastity, like, everything's using people in some way, you know, all relationships are transactional in some way, if you're not getting value from your wife or husband you're probably gonna start making plans to leave like that's just human nature you know is to look at things like that so in my experience men really don't care they want who they want and we want what we want and everybody wants what they want and we should all be more tolerant and more open-minded and more caring about other people